I want to try a thing that I know I'm going to fail miserably at. Completely, utterly, totally and completely fail. And yet I still want to try because I think it's fun. I want to talk about the nature of God. I want to have a conversation about that. And I don't exactly know what I am going to say. Just going to try to shoot from the hip. Not exactly, because, you know, I've been chewing on this for um, 40 years or so, it feels like. But tonight I'm just out walking on the road and I have some thoughts about the nature of God. Now, most people, if they're being honest, when they think about God, they're a little bit intimidated. A little bit afraid. Sometimes that shows up, presents itself as being pissed off. Sometimes it looks like we're just apathetic. Yeah, we don't care. But really, the core of it is that we're afraid. And that's okay. Solomon says... Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And I've never really liked that phrase. I mean, if I'm being honest, there's a whole series of phrases in the Bible I don't really like. And and that is kind of exactly our problem. We know that God is different than us. He's living in a whole different reality. He has a whole different perspective and a whole different standard. And we don't fit, fit in with it. We don't measure up to it. But it's not even measuring. He would just fuck us up. We have things that we've become comfortable with. Ways of processing and dealing and we may we know that a lot of our we know that we're fucked up and we know that he's not whatever you want to say i most everybody knows that we are fucked up individuals because we are And I think most people know that he's actually not fucked up. If we're being honest, the problem's us, it's not him. But that terrifies us. The idea of him terrifies us because if we let him in, he is going to start reorganizing all of our shit. He's going to start moving our furniture around. 
he's going to start. He's not telling us what to do. He's just showing up and being like, ah, this way that you're living is not cool. And you're like, yeah, I know it's not cool, but I mean, it's all I got. And we're afraid that he's going to just come in and make a mess. He's going to change things around, maybe for the better, but not in a way that we want or not in a way that we can control or know what to do with. And so we avoid him. Most of the time, we pretend he doesn't exist. I'm not just talking about atheists. I really, I honestly believe most atheists are just pretending that God doesn't exist. Because they sure are pissed off at somebody who's not real. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Bible-believing Christians going about their day. Pretty much acting as if God's not real. Because he fucks our shit up. He has uncomfortable things to say. He has perspectives and wisdom we don't want to hear. I have had four teenage daughters. I know what it looks like when someone knows that you're right, but they just don't want to hear what you have to say. And I have compassion on that because I'm the same way. (laughs) So anyway, that's our situation. He's coming in with a big voice and a big presence and we're not really sure that we want it. But I think it would help to take a step back and just think about, talk about who he is, what he's like, what he's not like. This could be a big conversation. It should be a big conversation. It should be a book. It should be a series of books. It should be a whole lifelong ministry. But I'm just a guy taking a walk on a dark road at night. So I'm going to just take a stab at it. I'm going to take a stab and another stab and another stab and another stab. And at the end, maybe a bloody piece of meat. I told you I was going to fail. But I'm going to try. Now, where to start? Um, I don't really like poetry. I have kind of a love-hate relationship with poetry. But sometimes poetry is just the best way to communicate things. 
I don't like poetry because I usually don't know what it's talking about or what is going on. But sometimes in a poem or in a song, which a song is just bad poetry put to music, somebody will come up with this line, this short little phrase that just grabs you by the balls. says something just perfect. So, the thing that did that for me, the, the poem that saved my life. It's by a guy named Keats. And I don't really like poetry, so I'm not like making a study out of this thing. I don't even remember the proper name of the poem. I think it was Ode to a Greek Urn. It was a a poem about a piece of pottery. I don't get poetry. But at the end of this thing, he's really talking about how beautiful this Greek sculpture was. I think it's what the poem is about, I think. But at the end of it, he's got this line. Beauty is truth. Truth. Beauty. And we're talking about the nature of God here. But that line changed my life because it helps me see God sorry I got a rock in my shoe it helps me see God in a different way I've always been interested in truth but not necessarily trying to I mean, I've done, I've done the, the, the left brain research, philosophy, theology, thinking kind of thing. But what has really always meant a lot more to me is there's something deeper. There's something that you only can feel. But for a long time, I didn't have... words for it, didn't have language for it, certainly didn't have theology for it, but this Keats guy, he came up with five, five words, two lines, that helped me clarify some things. Beauty is truth. Truth, beauty. And then he says something like, you know, that's all you know of heaven and all you need to know on earth. Or I don't know, whatever, something. But it gave me a different perspective of God. and And it, well... 
how much do I want to tell in this little story? We're supposed to be talking about the nature of God. Well, okay. I, I really should plan these things out before I do them. Well, now that I've started to tell the story, I might as well tell the story. Those five words saved my life. Because I always grew up believing in God. I knew God was real. I saw him work. I saw him, seen miracles. I've heard his voice. Um, knew that he was protecting me in, as a kid in some really shitty times. I always knew that God was real. And I always felt like he was my dad. God was more my father than my father was. So I always knew he was real. But then come the hard times, the dry seasons. The shit hits the fan and the road just has a cliff at the end of it. There was a, there was a, a number of years that just went on. I mean, literally like five years where it just, the pressure did not let up. And it was a struggle to feed my kids. To keep my marriage together. To figure out what the hell is going on and where is God? And why does he allow this stuff? I mean, I'm, I'm plugging away. I'm doing everything I can. I'm working hard. Trying to be present. Trying to be the good guy. And nothing is working out for, I don't know, five, six years. And it's not like it was great before that either. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. And during that time, especially toward the end... The only thing that got me through was I would have to do this mental exercise. I mean, just to have the strength of will to get through the day. I would say to myself, I know this world did not just come out of nothing. It doesn't make sense to me that everything in this universe just came from nothing. There has to be a creator. And I would look around and I would see the complexity and the wonder and the color and the patterns and the beauty of this world. And I would say to myself, I know that there is a God And if he made this, he must be good. He's real and he's good. If he made something this wonderful, he must be good. And if he's good, then there is a plan and it will work out. 
and it will be okay. And I don't have to know the plan, but just to know that he's there and that he's good and that all of this shit is not malevolent on his part. It's not judgmental on his part. It's not harsh or cruel or unfeeling or uncaring. Because nobody... Okay, you can tell a lot about a person from the art that they make. And a wicked Zeus figure of a god does not make hummingbirds. A small-minded, bigoted... proud, inflated ego kind of God does not make a universe of stars for us to enjoy, to lift our minds, to lift our eyes. Those things don't line up. Only a good and caring and kind God would create this thing that we walk on every day. And I would have to walk myself through that logical process. And Keats was a big part of that. Truth is beauty. Beauty. Truth. I think he said it the other way around, but it doesn't even matter. They're the same thing. And the... During this time, me being me, even back then, I would take long walks, go on hikes, sit by the river, smoke a cigar, try to talk things through with God. And the more I did that, the more I came away with a different impression of the nature of God. I, for a time, again, I did the study thing, right? I did the looking into Hebrew and Greek and theology and blah, 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 blah. The names of God. Jehovah Jireh. You know, when you're really broke, you love that name. And all the Jehovah's this, and the Jehovah's that. And I'm, but I started to just think differently. I got no problem with Jehovah Jireh or any of the Jehovah's that you want to pull out of the Old Testament. But I'm very much more interested in the big picture narrative of the names that he gave himself. I know he gave himself those other names. But look, we overcomplicate things. God is love. God is trip truth. Sorry. Tripped. God is in 
in Proverbs, God is personified as wisdom, calling out in the streets. God, he says, he says of himself, I am the light of the world. Who is good besides God? O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. He is these things. They're not descriptions about him. He defines them. And all of that is to say, he is beautiful. He is truth. They're the same thing. And so, during those years of misery and uncertainty, I could sit by sit by a river and connect with him just in beauty because that's all it could take there was no room in my mind for anything more complicated than beauty I don't know if that makes any sense like I couldn't accept any answers I didn't want any answers I wanted my fucking bills paid and I wanted if I wanted an answer it was why aren't you helping and all he gave me was beauty But when I sat with that long enough, I found the beauty was enough. I know this is not making a whole lot of linear sense. Maybe. (laughs) What I found was that he is good. His heart, his intentions are good. He's not controlling. If I want him, in that moment, in those times of pain, I wanted him to be controlling. I wanted him to show up and make some shit happen. And he was like, no, it's not what I'm doing. I don't work that way the fuck I believed in him my entire life I've seen miracles on my behalf I've seen him show up and do amazing things and yet in that season all he gave me was what I didn't ask for And it was, strangely, 
enough. And, and I would like to point out, I would like to point out that all of my stress that I went through and all of the stress that I put my family through was completely unnecessary. Because I felt like he wasn't showing up, that he wasn't helping. But that's just not true. We, we always had a place to live. We always had food to eat. We were always taken care of. And it always worked out. Usually at the last fucking minute. But it did work out. And all this time that I spent being stressed didn't help a damn thing. Now, all the time that I spent working, I'm sure it did. But there's a difference. And I guess I, that this is all just random stream of consciousness. I just, <clears throat> but that element of God, the fact that he doesn't, he could show up and do what we want, what we feel like we need, but then he doesn't. That's a real thing. And it's another reason why we fear him. Another reason why we avoid him. Because he's so unpredictable. He's got all this power, and yet sometimes he seems so distant. So why would we want to reach out to him when he seems pretty... Aloof. Well, we're still talking about the nature of God here. So let's just be direct about it. Is he aloof? Is he hard to find? Yes, he is hard to find. Because we're on such a different page. What we value, the way that we think, is not the way that he thinks. And so he is hard to find. Because we have to go into scary, uncharted territory. And we don't like that. Not only might we err into bad theology, it just makes us fucking uncomfortable. Because we like to know what the rules are and we don't want anything messing up our little plan, our little life. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah. Camel and the eye of the needle and all of that, he's hard to find. But is he aloof? 
I would say no. I would say hell no. We're just not paying attention. Keats. Beauty is truth. Truth is beauty. The heavens are telling of the glory of God. What can be known about God, his, his very nature, is easily seen in his creation. He is putting it out there for us all the time. We just think he is something that he's not. Look at his creation and tell me that he's the son of a bitch that you're afraid that he is. Not to get way too specific or weird. I, I drink my, every morning I make coffee, I go sit out by our little creek and I watch nature. It's the highlight of, I don't know, the morning anyway. Maybe the day, depends on how bad the day is. I just watch the birds and the way they do. There's a little family of skunks down by the creek try to avoid them but they are very cute and what I see as I sit and observe just sitting by the creek what, I, what I'm seeing everywhere is family a little mama duck taking care of and loving little baby ducks even the little family of skunks taking care of each other spraying my dog in the nose when he's an idiot birds putting on their little show all the time trying to get attention doing their little dance singing protecting their babies their little eggs family everywhere somehow this heart of love and kindness and beauty and tenderness, this dance, it was created. And I kind of think that I can trust the guy who made all that. There's something about his creation that makes me feel pretty comfortable trusting his character. And that, that's right there, is huge. Trusting his character. Because that's, that's the ticket. We run away from him, pretending he doesn't exist, because we don't trust his character. Not really sure if he's good, if he's going to bring beauty 
into my life, my family? Or is he going to bring chaos? Is he, going to, is, he, is he going to bring pain and judgment and wrath and death? Or is he going to bring beauty and hummingbirds and otters and owls? And the answer to that is if you live by a creek and you take time to go drink your coffee out there, he brings owls and otters and ducks and all that because he did bring all this to us. Now, I know that's just a... It doesn't meet the need of a wounded heart. I've been in black places. And yes, this truth did help me get out, but it, more than that, more than that, more than ducks and geese, is this one little story. This, this one little narrative that uh, it got stuck in my head and I felt like for a long time it was pretty important and it goes like this we were fucked up and God had compassion on us and he went way out of his way to come down to earth like he said to Moses I have seen the suffering of my people. So I have come down. That's what he did. That's a hell of a narrative. That is... That's a relationally bold move. Hey, dude. I saw you were in trouble. And you needed some help, so I decided to come over. You know, not from, like, next door. Not from uh, the next state over. No, I, I thought maybe what I would do is kind of transverse time and eternity and take on a completely different form. You know, just because I thought you needed some help. If you want it. You seem a little confused. Uh, so... I'm going to come down and try my level best to make a way and provide an example. And I'm, I'm going to be as gentle about it as I possibly can be. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. kind of the story that changed the world I mean God coming down being willing to take a beating on my behalf never lifting a finger when he could have every kind of humiliation well he took it. 
what does that say about him? Is, is, is that the guy that I'm afraid of? Is that the guy that I'm avoiding? Or maybe I am. Because now I feel guilty. Because <laughs> again, he's so good. I don't know what to do with that. I don't deserve that. I don't even want to believe that that's real or that that actually happened. Sure, yeah, okay, maybe it's a good Easter story. Believe it happened because, you know, you need to say believe it happened because you don't want to go to hell. So, you know, look like you're doing the right thing, but don't look like you're looking, you know, because that would be bad. You might get mad at you for that. But again, that's our fear of him driving that. And it's not, it's not fair to him. Because he is so good and so kind. Look at everything that he's done. I, I understand. I understand fully the shit show that this world is. Okay? I get it. There's not a thing on this planet anymore that would surprise me. So table the discussion of did God allow it or cause it or whatever. Just look at what we know that he did. What are the actions that he did? Not what somebody else did. What did he do? And everything that I see that he did is good. Some of it it's really, 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 really hard. We have... Okay. We've caused a lot of our own problems. <clears throat> and... In fact, I would say, pretty definitively from a theological standpoint, we've caused all of our fucking problems. But just to be fair, forget about theology and philosophy and whatever, 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 just try to look at the story. It, he made us perfect. He gave us an opportunity to grow or to fail, and we chose fail. And he's like, cool, I'm with you. I'm going to stay with you. It's going to be a rough ride, but I'm with you. Okay. What did you want him to do? Now, <clears throat> I'm, what I'm talking about here is, again, our fear that he doesn't show up, that he allows 
bad things to happen to good people. But what did you want him to do? Because he's got limited options. He gave us free will because he loves us, and that's what you do when you love somebody. You give them the door so they can leave if they want. You give them a choice because without a choice, you're in slavery. You're just a machine or whatever. So he gave us choices, gave us personalities gave us beautiful complexity that we are actually really thankful for because I like who I am. I like who my wife is. I love seeing who my kids become. God gave us that. But in order for me to love myself or to to appreciate my wife or to not become alienated from my kids, I have to, to recognize there's going to be some failure. There's going to be some screw-ups. There's going to be uh, problems. And I have to choose to love more than whatever. My point is... My point is... God could be the controlling son of a bitch that we're afraid of. You can't have it both ways. I, I, what I was going with my family is just, I could be the controlling son of a bitch, you know, authoritarian figure and lay down the law. And sometimes I want to, but if I do, there will not be relationship. And you know, maybe I'm just talking out of my own experience, but I see the same story play out over and over and over again. And I see God always coming down on the side of, I choose relationship. I choose love. If he were to step in and say, no, you can't fuck up. You can't. You can't make a a bad choice. Oh, you just have to follow that through to its logical conclusion. He gives us authority, and if Hitler comes along and does Hitler-like things, it's because God gave us authority. And some people did not appropriately use their authority to stand up to that fucker. Not, Not until... They had to. And evil was put in its place by good people doing hard things. Bloody things. Anywho, I just think that we have interpreted God all wrong. 
he is good. He is kind. He is wonderful. But it has been a long, hard, bloody road. People have died. People have died on this journey that we're on. And a lot of it has just been a shitstorm. I fully and completely get that. But I would like to point out that of all of the people that have died, he also is on the list. And that's got to mean something. That's got to say something about him and what he's willing to do, what he's trying to do, what he will do. But it just says a lot about him. Because he he didn't have to go through that and he, he didn't have to be any part of this story at all. He chose this. He's choosing to pursue a relationship here. That's, that's what all of this is. And so we're back to square one. That scares the hell out of us. Got it. It does. But we don't have a lot of options. Because I do enjoy a fair amount of sex, drugs, and rock and roll. If you consider scotch and coffee drugs and cigars, I like them too. But even though I like these things, what I really am interested in is something that's going to make my heart feel better. Make my life work a little better. Help my relationships function with less friction. To Give me good ideas in business. If if I can do those things without love or wisdom or excellence or goodness, if I could do life without Without that, I just, uh, I don't think I would want to. Because I'm, what I'm really interested in is the nature of God. The reality of who he is. That is actually what I want. 
in really every area of my life and and all of the people that I know what we are really reaching out for is just the reality of him God of peace God of joy short supply of that these days He is good. He is kind. He does love us. He wants... Let's just say he wants to be our friend. I don't really understand it all that well. (laughs) What he's looking for from us. All I know is what I see see him doing see that he has done and I am obviously rather enamored with the nature of God